Hello and welcome to the Midnight Film Review. My name is Brian Stevens, and with me today is... It is Aaron Wetley from SuburbanDadPop.blog. Welcome to another edition of our True Detective Night Country review. We are on episode three, and uh, I think this might be the most divisive episode yet. We'll see how you feel about it, Aaron. Um, But it's been pretty mixed reviews from the things that I've I've read. Sure. That's that's seems to be the same with the things I've read too. It seems like either people or critics are jumping on or jumping off. Yeah. So, um, last week, I think we both thought things were moving in a really positive direction. I mean, I think we both really enjoyed the last episode, thought things improved, uh, not dramatically, but because uh, I don't think that episode one was terrible, but I, don't, I thought sure. episode two was a, a lot better. Right. Yeah, I think we were both maybe the, from the way it sounds, hoping for that same jump from two to three as we got from one to two, but I'm not so sure we got that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on it. Um, let's dig right in, okay? Let's do it. All right, so the the – episode starts with a flashback so we open with a it's it's really kind of a weird so we open with a wide shot uh and i marked this down in my notes because i wanted to remember it um this is the only episode by the way that i've watched twice before we recorded um because i wanted to just i wanted to make sure that i wasn't missing anything and i I had a little bit of time yesterday so i was like i'm just gonna rewatch this because i watched it after the the football games and uh, i was kind (laughs) of tired when i watched it so i was like i want to let me go back through and just make sure i didn't miss anything and, and that I, I felt good about what i what i was what i thought about the the episode right and i noticed that in the beginning the very first shot is actually of the town specifically the the mine i don't know if you noticed that mm-hmm. you did notice that okay yeah, yeah and yeah. I, I thought that was kind of telling for this episode um and sure. then it and then we flash back to navarro's first encounter with annie k and there's some screaming going on and uh-huh. we're not really sure what's happening inside this building. We get Navarro. She goes in and she's like, you know, show yourself, hands up, whatever. And she tells Annie she's under arrest. And she's like, you can shoot me, but I'm not leaving until I deliver this child. Right. Um, and it's a really harrowing scene. Um, oh, my goodness. Yes, it is. Especially yeah, for, if, for you and I, we have uh, children. Mm-hmm. Um, the baby is born and it appears to, to not be breathing. And there's this moment of, we don't know if the baby is going to live or die. Right. And then finally it starts crying and you just, I, I let out a, a audible yeah. like, Oh yes. Okay, good. Um, same and, here. Yeah. You felt that way too. Right. Absolutely. And, and what you're talking about with, with the drama of, um, whether the baby is going to make a noise or not. Is, is something, speaking of, you brought up the mines as the first shot, and the mines and the babies being born is something we can, I'm not going to spoil it right now or jump ahead of ourselves, but that, those two themes come together certainly later in this episode. For sure, yeah, yes. Uh, and then we go, so basically I think we see, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but Navarro um, was all ready to do her job, right? She's uh-huh. ready to, to arrest Annie. And then you kind of see her realize like, Oh, okay. Maybe this person is more important to the community than, uh, than the, the, the degree of law that she against her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There you go. I think it's a combination of that. And, um, I don't know what, how like on the hierarchy of needs for a, a police officer in, in, you know, Alaska, but it was a birthing center, obviously. And, uh, Annie is, is, native herself and uh, she probably knows what goes on and how hard it is to deliver a healthy baby and uh, maybe she just knows that her talents would be uh, needed in this particular moment just just to help out the mother giving birth yeah yeah uh and so we cut back to the present and navarro is part of the search for clark and Uh she's walking in the distance and I'm really curious to see what your thoughts are about the orange, but uh, uh-huh. she throws an orange and it rolls back to her. Yeah. What are my thoughts? My yes. thoughts would be, okay, sorry. I'm going to backtrack just slightly yeah, into, go ahead. Into, into the first scene. The only thing I wanted to mention from that on my notes is that um, what a creative way to make you the viewer root for Annie and realize what a badass she is. 
that's that is some hard work i'm sure in the uh, greater alaska territory yeah be working in a birthing center and being a midwife whether you agree with um what the roles of midwives should be or are in that particular moment i was like annie's a badass yeah so, for sure so it made me root for her and it makes you understand why navarro um wants to avenge her death so so much right um okay so the orange navarro in the great white I think uh, maybe she didn't throw it as far as she thought she did, or she's kind of tripping a little bit, or they're five days into the great night, or, uh, you know, everybody's gone crazy in town because of the bad water and, and the viruses in the air. I think it's a combination of all of it. I, um, I don't think anybody threw it back to her. Okay. What do you think? I don't know. I honestly, as we'll see as we not spoil again, uh, getting further into this episode, not to spoil anything, but I I don't, I think all bets are kind of off at this point with this, uh, with this season. Um, I watched a breakdown because I was like, you brought up a lot of things last week and I wanted to make sure that I was really in tune with what, Isa Lopez had talked uh-huh. about. So I read some articles uh, with her, some interviews with her, and then I I, re- I watched a breakdown, like a frame by frame breakdown of the credits. And there there's there's an orange in the credits. Um, it's an oh. orange peel in in the form of a spiral. Um, so no I, I, yeah, so That's again, awesome. I I don't know that that I don't know what that means. I don't know that sure. it means anything, but. Uh, it seems like there's significance to the orange. Uh, somebody pointed out uh, uh, several other scenes where oranges are involved or yeah. mysteriously show up. So I have I some think, thoughts okay. deeper into that. Um, okay. uh, but I mean, we can talk about it here. So like, I, well, I'll say, actually I'll save it. Yeah, to let's the end. save it. That's fine. Save it to the end. Um, so uh, we get a call though from Danvers that she needs uh-huh. to to come help her sort through the evidence from Clark's trailer. Right. Um, and then right before um, Navarro comes back, uh, Peter asks about the bad blood between Danvers and, and Navarro. <laughs> yeah. And Danvers just you know doesn't really want to tell him. <clears throat> and um, then she tells the story about uh, William Wheeler who. Uh-huh. Beat up his girlfriends all the time. Uh, make a long story short, Navarro and her um, get called to a crime scene. He mm-hmm. thinking that he had beat up his current girlfriend, and we see a flashback um, where. And this is interesting because her story doesn't match what we're seeing, right? So Absolutely. The story she's telling is they showed up and it was a murder suicide, but uh-huh. in the flashback, um, the woman is dead on the floor, and he is alive with. Uh, the Beatles twist and shout playing in the background. Yeah. That twist so, and shout was creepy. Yeah. And so it appears that uh, I'm guessing my guess would be that Danvers is the one that pulled the trigger. Um, just okay. by the way that one the twist and shout is playing to yeah. uh, the look that he gives t- towards Danvers versus Navarro, who was kind of behind flanking right. him. And, uh, but she, you know, we presume that there's a cover up that happened. Um, one of them sure. killed him. Yeah. What are your thoughts so, on that? My thought with that is that, well, um, I think there are, there are two throwbacks in popular culture. The first one with this episode um, is certainly, I think to me, uh, True Detective season one, where they shoot the the first set of child molesters that they yeah, meet, um, and they're telling the story, and it's the same kind of thing. You're you're hearing one thing from uh, I think it was Woody Harrelson, and uh, you're seeing another thing on the screen. And it also reminded me of mm-hmm. Mike Ehrmantraut's half measure speech in Breaking Bad. He's telling Walt that he wasn't going to take any more half measures. So I thought there was, I'm, I don't know if there's any kind of homage being played there. Um, but this is very, very similar. It was kind of the half yeah. steps, which I, which I enjoyed. Uh, I initially thought Danvers was probably the shooter as well. But when you look at it with Navarro, as we find out later in the episode, her mother was pr- killed, presumably by a man, was murdered by a man. Um, she has the PTSD, Navarro, that is, has the PTSD from um, her time in the military. And she seems, from the backstory we're giving, has a lot more of an axe to grind 
for men that are spousal abusers. I, I agree. I, I mean, two two and two equals four. Uh, I just right. don't know that uh, that we can necessarily rely <laughs> rely sure. on that. To be honest, yeah. Yeah, there's so much. Um, where the show is at right now, there's a lot of I don't know if I want to call it misdirection necessarily. But we're not being able to settle on the bigger themes, whether this is, like I just mentioned a, f- a few segments ago, uh, what the town people are going crazy or um, it's something supernatural. We don't really know what's going on. I was kind of hoping by the end of the episode we get a little more clearer picture. Um, so, yeah, you're right. We can't rely on anything right now. Who's throwing oranges? Who's seeing ghosts? Who's going crazy? Who's on drugs? Who has PTSD? All I know is I would not like to live in uh, Ennis. Ever. <laughs> yeah, right. Ever, no. ever, ever. Uh, I, I completely agree with you. I think that there's a lot of, um, and I obviously this is on purpose. There's a lot right. of un, unreliable narration going on. Um, and so we don't really know who to trust or what to trust. And I, I that's right. obviously on purpose. I feel like, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to point to it being misdirection when it could be, it could be honestly just, uh, direction, Pointing us in a direction that sure. we may haven't don't have a clear picture of yet, if I guess if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the path leads to the right place, but we just maybe we're being distracted by the trip. Maybe I, I don't know. Right. If that right. makes sense. Um, the other thing that I wanted to kind of point out with this story, and I, somebody again in my reading, they pointed to this as well as this is the third time that. Um, the Beatles song is playing. It actually is playing in the background of a flashback in episode two of her and her Correct. son. Yes. And I totally missed it. Uh-huh. So uh, do we think that, and this again would point to Danvers being the trigger um, person. Um, do we think that that may have been a song that she played for her son? Somehow William Wheeler knew it. Maybe he didn't, but it was playing and it triggered her mm. like that. That's another kind of again. Are we getting? Am I getting lost in the of in the in the scenery? Sure, forced through the trees. Yeah. Um, you know it could be. Uh, if she has an axe to grind and she's pissed already and she hears that song and she hasn't she doesn't seem like somebody who has processed her emotions well at all. Um, I don't know. I hadn't thought of that. That that could make just as much sense as anything else. My only retort to that would be maybe that her son wasn't dead yet. Okay, that's fair enough too. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right, so let's let's push on. Um, we go, we get uh, flash back from the flashback. We flash forward, and uh, Navarro and her going through the evidence. And let me just say, this scene was really, in my opinion, there it was like the best of both worlds from this show. Uh-huh. On one hand, it has some really. Um, good progress with the case and them doing like some, some good work. But again, I just thought the dialogue was really, really clunky. Right. And for all the show and one of my, what is developing to be one of my biggest problems with the show is it keeps telling us how to feel about characters and their relationship, but I'm not seeing that really on screen. Um, I can't, I mean, it's obvious that Navarro and Danvers don't really get along but they paint it as they hate each other and they can't stand right. to be in the same room and i just don't ever feel that i don't yeah I don't. i'm not being sold on that as well um you're specifically you're referring to their time in the car is that correct yeah yeah, that yeah, time, yeah. Th- i just th- wanted to double check on that because i thought one thing uh, i i thought that about the, that particular scene is that they were trying again to mirror season one with a lot of the talks between Rust and Marty. Yeah. And I thought they, they just missed the mark. And to talk about the larger point you're referring to, we never had to be told as the audience how to Marty and Rust felt about each other because the writing and the acting was just that good. Not taking anything away from um, Jodie Foster's or uh, Reese. <coughs> Excuse me. But I think in season one, they did a better job of that. Yeah, I, and I, I don't really put it at the feet of of Foster and and Callie sure. Reese. Like I, I, yeah. I think that this just honestly just feels like it's bad writing. And you know, I, I've said this before. One of my, I would say one of my biggest issues right now with the mm-hmm. show is 
it's a Lopez's writing. Yeah, it feels sure. to me that it is stilted and immature. I, I feel mm-hmm. like she is. I, I I feel like she maybe this job in terms of writing was yeah. too big for her. Uh, like sure. just to be honest, the direction is great. The story's great. Um, shots are great, all of it, but maybe this is, uh, you know, people complain about Ryan day. If you're an Ohio state fan listening here, uh, maybe he wears too many hats. I don't have the answer to that particular question, but maybe, uh, Reese is, or excuse me. Um, Isabella is, is wearing too many hats right now. Maybe she should have had somebody write some of these scripts for her or had a bigger writing partner going through this process. Yeah. And that's kind of the way I feel about it. I, 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 I see a, I see a real struggle in terms of, of just character development and like, and it's not, it's not every character, it's specific characters. And it's particularly when anyone is talking to Danvers um, (laughs) in particular. And again, I don't think that it's the actor that's acting opposite them, but a lot of things happen. Uh, Exposition is a problem on the show there. And this episode in particular there's just so many exposition dumps. It's like every scene is just a dump of exposition to explain yeah. us getting to the next um, thing. Right. But um, I digress. Let's, let's go on. So we, sure. we see, like I said, so the good part about this episode is we see a lot of detective work, uh, particularly yeah. between the two uh, Danvers notices an Ariana Grande shirt. And um, they deduce that this picture, one certain picture was uh, taken in the spring of 2016. Right. Because she remembers that her, that Leah was listening to this. Uh-huh. They look at uh, some few more pictures and they see the dye on her hair has mm. faded uh, in one picture and it's strong in the other. Right. And uh, Navarro then looks on the back of the picture and sees uh, some dye on it. And so she knows that there's only one person in town that would have done this. Yeah. So, um, I like one, that. That was, that was good stuff right there. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they deduced also that a few of the pictures were taken by someone else, not by a, uh, a selfie or by the, sure. the camera, um, timer. You're so right. they then go to this hairdresser, um, Susan, and they pretty much grill her about, mm-hmm. you know, what was going on and, you know, why she was there, how long she knew about it, why she didn't tell navarro that she knew and right. I, I don't do you really i mean do you buy her reasoning for not telling navarro that she was scared well we've we've discussed on this uh podcast and through our research and, and listening to the hbo podcast as well you brought it up initially that um inuit women or women who are alaskan um do have a really high unfortunately rate of domestic violence and in her dialogue the hairdresser said something like you know annie was stabbed x amount of times that scared her and maybe she would have a distrust of the police and maybe further she would have a particular distrust of um of danvers Mm -hmm. being being a white person and i'm just i bring that up because there's obviously a lot of tension between the natives and the non-natives in this town so maybe that all comes together right Okay, I, I I will buy that. Um, so we we then get a little bit more information about the tattoo. The tattoo. Sorry, everyone. This it's allergy season up here with the changing it, temperatures. Pardon me. It's allergy season all the time in Ohio. It doesn't yes. stop. Um, so we get this back and forth about the tattoo, and yes. Susan reveals that. Annie was having a dream about it, and then she got the tattoo because she had a dream about it, and once she got Uh the tattoo, the dream stopped. Right. And that Clark was pretty much obsessed with the tattoo. He just thought it was the coolest thing he'd ever seen. He was obsessed with Annie. Yes. Yes, yes, and he was obsessed with Annie, and uh, we get a hint here that maybe his – affection was beyond just an attraction it was mm-hmm. um more of an obsession infatuation yes yeah an infatuation so uh then we also find out that susan was dating a an engineer an equipment engineer that worked at at sala who was a local right. man uh his name was oliver tagak and mm-hmm. yeah um that she left him or they broke up shortly 
after or before? I can't I think it was shortly before Annie's okay. murder. Is that yeah. right? I think it was before. I think you're um, right. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure they broke up. She says they broke up before the mm. the, the actual murder. So um, this leads Navarro to make some assumptions that it's a cover up related to the mind, the yes. mind. Uh-huh. Um, but Danvers is not. She like we, basically like we need more evidence. Um, and this and. and Navarro is kind of playing a little bit on her um, her heritage here. Like she's yeah. looking in towards some of the mystical side side of things. Mm-hmm. But Danvers is like, and she mentions it many times about like, um, I forget how she frames she uh, she frames it as like mystical mystical mumbo jumbo. I think at one point or something oh, like yeah. that. Oh yeah, right. So there's a another dickhead expression by Danvers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's a little bit of a Mulder Scully going on, I feel like here. Yeah. Um, sure. So um, they, at this point, they decide to split up, I believe, and mm-hmm. try to find out where Oliver is, right? So, oh, yeah. Danvers um, has. Basically, she wants Navarro to find Oliver, and then right. they have Annie's phone now, of course, so she's yeah. on Peter to crack it. I don't know if I'm going in the right order here, but there's also this – this, I, and I understand what we're doing here, but like the back and forth between Peter and his wife oh, yeah. feels highly manufactured. Absolutely. It's it's again, you called the writing stilted earlier mm-hmm. and it's almost, uh, you know, I know there's tension there, but I have to think about honestly what they're fighting about. Cause it just seemed kind of bland and morose. Like, Oh, I'm married to somebody who's going to medical school. Oh, I'm a nurse or yes, right. like, yeah. I was like, Oh gosh, this is, this is boring. <laughs> so right. Yeah. That was kind of frustrating. Like they have strife and I think, and not not because she's a woman, obviously, but the wife. I just, if you're going to have tension in their marriage, and which they kind of, they really did with the scene, I guess, but don't make it anything about school. Just put it all at Danvers. Danvers and, and the fact they have a child. I mean, I don't right, feel sure. like that was, like, that is brought up, like, just barely, like, right. barely. And, and even when Peter tries to push back on Danvers, it's never about his child it's like hey my wife's getting pissed off like kind of thing yeah like, right right um you and i both have small children and so uh-huh. i think we both understand like how important it is to have that partnership um right. and like to make up for each other when you know one has to work over or one is doing sure. this or on a trip or you know j- there's a, a yeah. lot of areas that are when you when you have two people working in a household that because we're both Mm -hmm. in that position i think that's why it felt so flat to you is because it's like even when i mean even when we're clashing that it's never typically about our jobs it's usually about sure who's doing what baby up when you came to bed yes exactly peter did that's what the fight should have been about yes yes had the organic dialogue of the baby just fell asleep half an hour ago and you came in and and then yes. Danvers calls and that's what that's what that should have been. A hundred percent. Yes. Uh, yeah. Don't want to belabor the point. It just that sure. is, is a, I think, a great point to talk about it because I don't know if this this uh, recap is going to mention it. But yeah. So. All right. Well, so before we ahead. just move on with that, you know, Danvers needs a son and Peter needs a mother. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they're so I think Peter is eager to please her. And why she is maybe, besides his competency, the least shitty to him than anybody else. On great the point. That's a great point. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. I, I think the show could do a better job playing up that yeah, uh, relationship too. Um, okay, so um, Navarro goes to see. Is it Kovic? Is that? I, I always forget yes. how to say his name. Who's um, ice fishing? Yeah, Kovic. We all know who we're talking about. Kovic. Yeah. Kovic. Maybe there you go. <laughs> Yeah, uh, who's ice fishing? Yeah. And to basically to see like if he knows where 
Oliver's at and if he can point to, um, you know, maybe in the right direction. Right. And this this scene was again like I, I don't I don't necessarily think that he wouldn't basically not really blackmail, but like manipulate her into talking about her past um, because he definitely cares about her and he's curious, like why yeah. she's hiding certain things. But right. She wants this information. He knows where he's at, but he basically is like, all right, if you tell me about your mom and your family, yeah. then I will give you this information. She reluctantly does it. And so we learned that her mom. Um, well, she wants to talk about it deep down. She wants to unload a little bit of it. And yeah. he, he would have gotten that information for her regardless. Right. If she right. would have stormed out back into her car, um, he still would have got that information for her. I agree. I agree. Uh, it just, it just, I don't know. It, it, it felt like a, um, I don't know. It just felt, again, it just felt a little sophomoric and Im- immature. It was not was. organic. No, it was not organic. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she comes back in and she talks about how her mother's health is mirroring her sister's health. Uh-huh. Uh, we find that her um, mother uh, left and never came back, was mm-hmm. killed and murdered. And that's kind of where um, – she, her, her, basically her, it, kind of a lust for revenge. Um, every, sure. you know, every man is her mother's murderer, right. uh, kind of thing. And, uh, she also mentions that she regrets that her mother never revealed her, um, her, her native name. Right. That's and kind so of a, that's sad. Very sad. Very, you know? very sad. Um, it, which, I mean, well, okay, we'll get to, we'll get to it in a minute. But, um, so then, um, Navarro uh, gets a call about Jules screaming at work, and yeah, this is uh, th- this is something I didn't notice on the first watch, but on the rewatch it kind of stuck out. And um, then I, people were complaining about this quite a bit. It didn't really, like I said, it didn't really bother me on the first watch, but this episode in particular, there's a lot of phone calls where, hey, you need to leave where you're at to get to this next scene like you right. know what i'm saying yeah there's, yeah it's, there's not a lot of continuity or not a lot of like flowing continuity sure. it's a lot of like oh i gotta get leave because i got this phone call get here now drop everything you're doing there's you know we got we got an emergency down at the hospital or at, at the mine or whatever there's again it's just clunky not fluid right yeah so uh she leaves to go comfort her sister um mm-hmm. And which I, th- I think is a really good character moment. Again, she, her sister's out in the middle of nowhere, um, without a proper coat, without a proper coat. And just is having one of her, um, a mental breakdowns. And mm-hmm. she, she's basically like comforting her and telling her like she needs help and that she's, you know, willing to do what it takes to, to help her. Right. Um, and this is a pretty, I, I think, innocuous scene, but a, a, a good, a good heartfelt scene, I think. Yeah, you can tell that you know there's love between her and her sister, and she doesn't want her sister to turn out obviously like her mother. Um, I, I think maybe if anything, going back a scene and end of the scene too, um, their mother probably I think was a little more mentally unwell than yeah. what we're letting on, and we'll, yes. we'll, and we kind of have to put that together. But it seems like her mother. Um, had as at the end of her mother's life had as many problems as Julie. Is that the sister? Yes. Character's name Jules. is Julie. Yeah. If, if not more. Yeah, I agree. And it seems like, um, and she worked in the mine. So, you know, yeah, right. It seems like her struggles with drugs may not, it's not that the drugs caused, caused it. It was, she was self-medicating, uh, kind of right. thing. Yeah. Um, which is obviously just a, again, a spiral. It just, it's, ah, you, know, you know, it's, it's you know, one, one thing feeds the other. Right. Right. Um, we also get Leah who, uh, meets her girlfriend at a, uh, protest uh-huh. where they, um, she finds out about another still, uh, uh, not another, but a stillborn baby. Well, I, no, I think another is right. It sounds like this is not rare. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 
I was saying another reference Toward, to the first one, but sure, it, sure. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, this seems it's like a problem to be an in the ongoing issue. Yes. They obviously are blaming the mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have bottles of black water that they're getting yeah. from the sink. Right. And um, I think this is an, probably an important scene for to understand the atmosphere of the town, right? What sure. the they've tried to set this up, and, and we've seen little bits of that, like the guy in the bar in in I, the bar fight and. Uh-huh just the tensions in the town in general sure. but this was a good scene scene i think to understand exactly why one side is upset it's easy right. to understand like okay the mine is keeping the town afloat with jobs money and yeah. um and and supplies we i get that on the other side though you see like the dastardly effects of the mine yeah. which um, of course happened to uh the poor people in the community which in, that's everywhere in the world shit flows downhill and it seems like the people on in the village uh, are getting the uh, worst – have had bad water quality longer yes, than the rest right. of the town. Correct. So Danvers finds out about this and mm-hmm. and is obviously upset. They get into an argument, and she tells Leah to go uh, wipe the shit off her face. She's <sighs> got her, her – uh, yeah. tattoos. And she drags her by her scruff into the bathroom and basically wipes it off for her. Yes. Um, one thing that um, one thing that I thought was really interesting about the scene that someone had said, because I did not view it this way, but I think if we look at some of the other, um, go back to the hairdresser, for instance, and her little girl uh-huh. in her in her lap, and she's scared. And Danvers is like, "Hey, let's go in here. I'll oh. make you some mac and cheese, and right. um, whatever." Um, but somebody had mentioned that it's not necessarily that like Danvers is racist against the Inuit people or, or something along that lines. It's mm-hmm. that she fears for her daughter, um, and she wants to erase all of her nativeness because of she mm. feels that that puts a target on her daughter's back. Interesting. I would respond with that, that I think Danvers doesn't want her daughter to become the new Annie. That is. Yeah. Right. I um, mean, that's a good point. Sure, too. I'm not sure that race has a lot to do with it, but it's certainly intertwined and she'd have to worry a lot less if, um, her daughter was only white. I think, um, I think she's worried for her daughter's safety and I don't know. Danvers, I think has a twinge of a little, little bit of a prejudice against the natives. Maybe I, I don't really know if I, I can qualify that so much other than the, uh, laundry mat grandma. Yeah. Right. Um, comment, but it just seems the way she carries herself. I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching, but I, to try to be more succinct. I just don't think she wants her daughter to become Annie to be involved. That, in I, th- I, I get in trouble. Yes. I think that that's, you're right. Right. And she sees her, obviously the protests, these uh-huh. other things. And yes, um, I, 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 I think that is uh, a, a better idea. Yeah. What you're saying there. All right. So then um, we have, uh, we find out that the forensic technician is stuck in Anchorage because there's snow and a storm and can't get to uh, the village. Any of that dialogue by Peter, both times you made excuses for the forensic person not being able to get there. Any of that not sit right with you? Oh, so you think that he was lying? Perhaps. Okay. What? I can't, I can't back it up by any means. It just, I think that guy's a good actor. Um, Finn Bennett. I think he's quite a good actor. And I think he was kind of selling something fishy about it. Mm, interesting. Okay. Or not, but I, it just didn't seem, um, I don't know. Something on my radar was, I picked up something, I guess. Okay. I mean, I don't, I can't necessarily disagree. That's, I, sure. I, maybe. Yeah. Um, but he offers to call his cousin. 
mm-hmm. who was a who was a vet to take yeah. a look at least get get some um some kind of medical knowledge put forward not necessarily sure. saying that they can do any tests or anything or or but just to take a look and and maybe give them an idea of what killed them or yeah. you know what put them in the state a fresh set of eyes um yeah and so his cousin comes in takes a look and um he explains that uh they were killed before they were frozen right and his best conjecture is that they had a heart attack yeah um and he mentions that he has seen other animals die this way and in particular caribou or elk mm-hmm. he, he mentions this um, right and that harkens back to obviously the first scene of yep. the series and Denver's jokes like, "Hey, what if we do some postmortem?" And they're like, uh, "No, that's illegal." <laughs> like, and yeah. that's no. Um, and she then was we, pushing for it, obviously. Like, what can, yeah. what can you give us more? Do more. Yeah. Um, just putting feelers out there to see like yeah, how far right. the, the this could go, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and then we see uh, that Navarro is back, and that she knows where Oliver is. And so yes. um, they go to this this town, and it's it's kind of like a a shanty town, I guess, for yeah, a, a lack of a better term, Border, borderline homeless encampment. Yeah, and um, these are indigenous people who basically don't want to take part of the the village or the town. The um, people on the edge of the world, on the edge of the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so they go into he doesn't allow he doesn't say a word, but they basically force their way into his his habitat, yeah. his dwelling. And he's there with a gun. Mm-hmm. And he is basically like, I'm not helping you. Um, then I don't know if it's I don't know which one mentions it, but I think it might be Navarro mentions. Uh, hey, all the people in Salal have died, including yeah. your friend, um, who he was friends with Peter or, or uh, not Peter. Um, the gentleman in the coma who was yeah. later. That was the I first guy. Glenn? Glenn, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say Something Glenn, like, actually. OK, so, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, he's obviously distraught and he's hurt yeah. by it. Like you can tell he's like, but um, he basically kicks them out. But before he kicks them out he asked navarro you know yeah. what is what is her her native name and right. uh but he he doesn't know that it's not that she he he basically says you forgot it right right and he doesn't know that well she, it was never revealed to her um, yeah ouch that yeah. was some of the that was some good writing and then episode that, we're giving these people some bad writing i started talking about the writing that's i think we should need to give credit to that that whole scene i think really um it's kind of refreshing. Again, uh, it was maybe less of an exposition dump, but just just the way he surgically inserted the knife into that very fresh wound of hers, he just revealed a few hours yeah. prior. That was pretty good. Yeah, no, that was really good. And they basically leave without getting any kind of help or any kind of um, yeah. Just basically, the only thing that happened is he ripped up that that wound open again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Had some balls. He had that shotgun, and I think it was smart of of uh, the true detectives not to fire back because then they just would have had to shoot everybody, and the they would have got bum rushed. The people in the in the camp were just itching for a fight. So if the, yes. if they would have fired, that would have been their death probably. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so they they get back in the car, and then they get a call, um, basically saying that uh, Lund. Is the, Lund, is the guy. There we Lund, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lund is awake. He's blind. He had to have everything amputated, legs yeah. and both of his arms, uh, pretty much, or one of his arms. And I, he, he, come home from war. Yes, exactly. Um, and so they have to leave. One thing that I, sh- I, sh- I should mention that they don't talk about this, and I wanted your thoughts on this. So, uh, John Hawks isn't really in this episode that much. Right. Um, he he makes amends with his son with the ice skates, but not too much after that. Not yeah, it, not too much after that. But he he mentions at one point, um, and it's kind of a funny throwaway thing. Uh, I think it was in this episode. Uh, he mentions um, about Danvers, Mrs. Robinson, 
uh, <laughs> yeah. Peter. And Peter's like, right. who's Mrs. Robinson? That um, was really fun. Do you suppose that they uh, kissed or she tried something prior to this? Like, did she try uh, to? No, I don't think so. Um, no, I, I think maybe, if anything, her, uh, Danvers, and Hank maybe had a drunken mm. or late night tryst, and maybe Hank had some feelings for her afterwards, or uh, Hank was just being an asshole and she's an asshole. Uh, I've, I've thought about it too, but I, I think I believe that's where I stand. Okay. Yeah. I don't think, think there's any, there's no context for that. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was weird and maybe it's just, you know, Hank knows her, her, um, basically her past and how she's hooked up with a bunch of dudes and he's yeah. like saying, Oh, you're going to sit with my son now. Maybe that I don't right. know. It just was, it felt weird to me and out of right. place. Like we were missing context, but it was also yeah. funny because he didn't yeah. know who Mr. Robinson was. It was like, he's like, that was Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. Um, well, one but, other Hank thing I'd like to add, um, when he brings the hillbillies to the beginning of, uh, uh yes. the episode to go hunt for, uh, Clark, basically that's the, obviously, Oh, do we really want him alive line that sticks, sticks out. But to me, and again, it's probably my pop culture brain and overdrive that reminded me very much of the end of the original night of the living dead mm. with all the hillbillies and the dogs and the trunks and the yeah. guns. And that just had a lot of that same imagery. I bet it is not related at all, but there was just a lot of similarities that jumped out to me. That's a great point. I wouldn't put it past her. She did, she's, sure. she's pulled from a, a lot of other horror elements from other things. So, <laughs> um, That's very true. Very true. Yeah, I, I, I we should have talked about the hillbillies before. Like he's obviously had it, it. Actually, what it remind me of is, um, I think it's, I think it's Halloween. I want to say four. Um, never seen it. So I, I think it's yeah, I think it's Halloween four where, um, basically you know Michael Myers comes back to town and uh-huh. the people living in town are basically sick of the cops inept like inability right. to to get rid of this monster. So they decide that they're going to do it on their own. And then they go and they shoot up someone that's not, um, uh, sure. Um, but anyways, um, and the, also the new one, the, uh, in the new series, I think it's, um, hollow, the second Halloween, I can't, it's not in, ends, but the one before ends, okay. whatever, there's something similar to that too as well. But anyways, so the hillbillies are out hunting for Clark, right? Uh-huh. Um, and, we get back to the hospital and they go to visit Lund and he's in agony. He's just, he's writhing in pain. And he's, 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 he manages to say we woke her and she's out there. Those are the, yeah, basically the extent. But then this is a, I don't, (laughs) this is another part where it's like, did I miss something again? This is why I watched the episode twice. The hillbillies are now at the hospital and they're fighting. Yeah. Why are Why are they there and why are they? What is happening? That is an excellent question. Um. I, I really don't know why they would be there unless uh, the cops are arresting one of them who got shot by a, another one of them. Warrants out for their arrest. Somebody gets hurt. Priors. I don't know. There's really, zero there's, context. There's absolutely zero context. It's just, it turns into a waiting room full of uh, cops versus hillbillies. And a few nurses in there too. And it's like, right. And, and the other, the funny part too, is Navarro doesn't step in. It's just Danvers who goes and starts helping. And Navarro yeah. is just standing there watching it. Um, which is, again, it felt a little out of her character because I feel like she wants to mix it up. So sure. Uh, it was just anybody a, wants to kick an Alaskan hillbilly's ass. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> It's, it's Navarro. Navarro. So it just, that scene just rubbed me the wrong way um, because it just right. felt like we need a reason to pull everyone away so she can be alone with Lund, who yeah. then turns to her and says, your mother says hello, and he points and says, she's waiting for you. Yeah. And then he dies. Um, just Creepy or a, corny? I or did both. not find, I, I did not find it particularly creepy because yeah. it just it seems so ham fisted. Like everything leading up to that, uh, um, was like pretty disturbing. I mean, you see his body, you see him, you see right. him moaning and screaming and the way they describe it. And you're like, Oh God. And then 
for her, like just it just it, for her not to like engage in this fight, like it would have been totally different if. And again, we're leading into the next scene, right? right. Because Peter has the phone cracked. Why doesn't yeah. he pull Danvers aside? Hey, I got the phone. And then she's she is still in there questioning him. And then instead of him question of her questioning him, he begins to question her. That'd be way more creepy than for just yeah. all of a sudden him to stop and then do it just it, the poor execution in my mind. Just sure. really poor a execution. Good, a good idea executed poorly. Uh, so let me ask you then. Do you think it, what is it the supernatural? Is it this guy that is um, been introduced to whatever's directly out there on the ice? Is Navarro going crazy? Is Navarro drink too much uh, black water? What's what's going on? Great point. So I uh, I kind of lean towards it being a hallucination. Yeah, that's what I I I don't necessarily think that that is like really actually what happened. I think she is envisioning that happening. Um, that would be my take on it. Um, and I think a lot of what we've seen supernaturally is going to be explained either. Like you said in the last episode by some kind of microorganism, some kind of virus, some kind of tainted something in the water. Right. Um, I, I, that's what I, I think. I, I think that um, the mystical and the scientific are going to kind of get um, intertwined. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Um, and that goes along with, uh, we didn't t- talk about it when uh, Navarro left Quavik's fishing cabin. She thought she saw somebody out there. Yeah, right. I don't think she did. And, 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 and back to the orange, I think she either dropped it or didn't think she threw it or she's just exhausted and tired and it's the long night. And uh, I, th- I think all the supernatural will be explained away through science. Agreed. Or at least 90% of it, right, sure. I think. Yeah. And the more as we uh, – I'm just going to transition along those same lines of what's – my prediction what's going to happen is I I think all the rust coal lines, I think they were just uh, kind of Easter eggs for us. Mm. I don't think rust coal is coming back. Um, I sure hope we get to see uh, – oh, gosh, Rose again. I hope you know more Fiona Shaw is good. I'd like to see more Rose, but I think that was just a uh, an Easter egg for us to keep us interested Interesting. So you don't know that there'll be much involvement from her going forward. I'm, I'm trying to look so. and see if I'm, I'm trying to see if we see because IMDb usually yeah. will let us know if she's been uh, basically booked for extra. Right. Episodes, like how many episodes she's she's in. Re- in Wikipedia. She is listed as recurring cast, but we did not see any rows this episode. OK, so if you go uh, on. IMDb, it only has her listed as starring in two episodes. No, well, maybe I'm right then. So possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of a bummer, but. Right. Uh, so the last part of this is we see Danvers and Navarro uh, with Peter, and they're looking at Annie's unlocked phone. And she's in a ice cave, it looks like, or some yeah. kind of structure made of ice, right? Wouldn't you agree yeah. that's where she's at? And she says she found it. Um, basically not clear what she found. She's kind yeah. of mumbling off screen and um, in a manic state, uh, for sure. lack of a better term. And then she screams and that's – The phone kind of cuts out again. Cuts out, yeah. And that's where we leave off. Um, As phones tend to do, just cut off. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, apparently in Enos, that's what happens. Yeah. Um, overall, thoughts on this episode? I was disappointed. Um, I'm not saying it's bad, but again, to repeat myself from the beginning of this episode, I thought we'd, I was hoping from another jump up in quality from two to three. And I think it kind of took a step back. Uh, there were interesting parts. Um, you know, I'm certainly still digging the show, and I, I'm in it now to see what's happening. But just to, to, ref- uh, to go over what we were just saying earlier, I, I think it's all going to be – the supernatural is going to be explained away by um, science. And it would be hard for me at this point halfway through to believe we haven't been introduced to the killer. Agreed. I, yeah. I could be wrong. Maybe it's somebody in the background. 
Uh, maybe it's somebody we just had a line here or there, but I, I don't think they're going to, with half the episodes left, I don't think they're going to introduce somebody no, new that's the killer. I completely concur. I think that um, there'll be some red, more red herrings sure. along the way. I think that, um, I think when we, when you look at the suspects, I think, um, we, I, I would say that the list, you could either say the list is long or right. it's, there's no one on it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sure. cause I don't know who I would say that the show is leading us towards because right. I don't really think there is anyone in particular that they're trying to point us to. Right. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm with you. I, I, I struggle with this episode a lot. That's why I watched it mm-hmm. twice. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was very good. Um, I think that it I, I gave it, I think, a six out of ten uh-huh. um, when I rated it um, on on TikTok. Mm. My biggest I would say my mm. biggest issue with this episode was th- the value in this episode were the small scenes, which this would. And I think you'd feel the same way mm-hmm. on a lot of well written and really, really, really prestigious shows i think back to breaking bad in the episode of the fly right you know diehards of that show know that that is one of the best episodes of uh, of that that season in, yeah. in the show mm-hmm. not a lot of happened in terms of plot or pushing the plot forward but there was so much ground that was laid out for future episodes yeah. and so much character development that was done it was yeah. a really important episode and I thought that's what we were going to get from this episode once um, we started and when I saw where it was going. But I just don't. I feel like there's so much meat left on the bone and so yeah. much was just handed to us. Um, maybe I'm wrong. And maybe when we look back at the entirety of the show, uh, there'll be something that I missed. And we'll go back like, oh, this all makes sense. That's possible. But when you yeah. only have six episodes to tell a story, I don't feel like you can have an episode like this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It seems like we were uh, kind of stuck in a, like a hamster wheel or on a treadmill. Yeah, yes. And just, we were going nowhere fast and uh, not a lot of new developments and kind of clunky writing. Um, still shot really well, I guess. Um, oh, it's beautiful. Got, I mean, it, yeah. it was beautiful. Dialogue problems. Uh, doesn't mean it can't wrap up strong, but I, I am hooked in now. I I'm definitely want to... I'm in for a pound. I'm in for a penny. I think is yeah. the expression. So I'm yeah. in now. And I think that the one thing that this episode did, I think I'll, did really well was kind of open the door for some of the, um, conclusions. I think, yeah. <clears throat> like we will look back at this episode and we'll see like, okay, well the orange meant something or it didn't. Right. Right. Maybe, maybe that orange is, is important. Maybe the black water is, um, causing hallucinations. Maybe sure. it's, you know, um, there there are a lot of I think things in this episode that we can look back on and and we're gonna see um, yeah. that it either meant something or that it helps them solve the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there's a lot of in terms of that. I just feel like this episode could have been intertwined into the other episodes. Sure. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. it just seems like this, this episode could have, uh, you could have taken pieces of this and sprinkled it in, um, other episodes and we would right. have gotten the same result. Um, Good way anything else, you, anything else you want to say about this episode? Anything else you want to point out? Uh, you know, I, the last thing I would have, and I don't want to sound like I'm just criticizing the whole time. Um, when when um, Danvers says you're under thirty, you have friends. Crack her phone, and, and it's a dead phone stuck in the middle of that trailer forever and ever and ever. And they don't have the password to it. I don't know. That was seemed just a little bit unrealistic and kind of annoying. Uh, but I suppose they had to do something to get that footage of her in the at the very end. Well, I would say, and that's a great point because. The- <laughs> It, it appears to be an iPhone, yeah. and the thing about an iPhone is you can't crack an iPhone. Like that's right. the appeal of iPhone and, and yeah. Apple is that it can't be hacked. And I mean, obviously there was in like I think it was like 2014 or whatever. Um, there was a big deal because um, the Obama administration wanted to crack um, a terrorist yeah. iPhone, and Apple was like, "No, we're not doing that. Like that goes right. against our 
uh, the whole point of it. And uh, I think they ultimately did do it, but it, you just they haven't changed. Like part of having an app was the security, right? So I, I'm with you. I thought that was kind of silly because it's like this hop on this like force in Alaska is not going to be able yeah. to hack into an, an iPhone, right? Yeah. Eight hours probably behind uh, Los Angeles time. And it's, yeah, yeah, it was just silly. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I, like you said, they had to get in there somehow. Um, right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think, uh, I, 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 again, this sh- just to kind of bring everything back home, I think it's uh-huh. Lopez is a super talented director. Sure. I think, I think this story is intriguing. We're both hooked in the story. Like yeah. we want to see it's this. her story. Yes. Yes, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's just something that's missing from the writing and the dialogue in particular, and it makes it really, really frustrating. And yeah. um, I, I hope that that she handles the reveals better than she's handled the dialogue because honestly we can forgive yeah. her for a lot of this if sure the if the story makes sense and the mm-hmm. reveal is good and that yeah. and that and then they stick the landing right a, a lot of <clears throat> excuse me there's a lot of episode left are she's not she can make that happen that's not undoable yeah yeah um one thing i wanted to bring up and i totally forgot from the beginning is someone on reddit had proposed this idea that so the whole thing about ask the right questions. And so as the viewer, are we asking mm. the right question, right? Instead of asking yeah. who killed and they're, they're not even saying that, that this is the right question, but like, instead of right. saying who killed Annie K, maybe we should be asking what killed Annie K or, ah. um, uh, like, or how was she killed? Just um, how did she die? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's, uh, um, uh, delirium induced panic. That same thing maybe happened to the the scientists, right? You yeah, know, it could be the could be the exact same thing. She was hanging out around that area, obviously. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's 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 a sharp point. So just yeah, so just something to think about um, mm-hmm. as we go forward. All right, Aaron, uh, tell us about uh, your recent work. Um, tell us about that blog you wrote um, that made me cry. And uh, <laughs> if you got anything else coming for us. So yeah, come over and see me on superb, excuse me, suburban dad pop dot blog. I wrote about, uh, our wonderful radio station that will, uh, this has about it's nine 30 on Tuesday. So 26 and a half hours right now left on the air before it's gone forever. That's WWCD, which start one Oh one, which turned into one Oh two point five and then to 92.9, uh, supporting a lot of local artists, just a great radio station. And, uh, it's lost its battle against Clear Channel and is saying goodbye. So I, I wrote a little ode to it and how much it meant to me in the local community the last almost 30 years of my life. So it's uh, thanks to everything to the people at that radio station and uh, just a real loss for uh, the local community and I think like the independent radio community, not hy- not being hyperbolic, but around the country. No, I absolutely agree. Um it was a uh, beautifully written and um, definitely brought back some memories of my own. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, just a, a great ode to uh, one of the best radio stations in Ohio for sure. Um, all right. Tell us where we can follow you on the uh, social medias and we'll get out of here. Sure. So uh, you can follow me again on um, suburban dad pop. On Instagram and then Columbus Parents Dining Guide for food recommendations on Facebook. And in a couple weeks, um, I'm going to, for my blog, also I'm going to review Fargo. Uh, Have you watched any of the new Fargo? No, I I need to. I need to. Yeah, it's pretty good. There's a lot of really interesting contemporary stuff going on in that. And I'm going to review the new Future Islands album. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, real quick, one programming note I should I should have mentioned this at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. this True Detective will not be airing the night of the Super Bowl, so there will be a week oh. off. Um, okay. So we will not be recording an episode. At least, I mean, if we do record an episode, it won't be about True Detective. Um, yeah. So the week, so that's in, not this weekend, but the following weekend, um, I believe they are taking a break, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, so there'll be a week in between, an extra week in between f- episodes four and five. 
Correct. Yeah. 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 So, yep. So in between four and five, there'll be a little break. Um, You can find me at Midnight Film Review on Instagram at Cult of Pop. That's Cult with a K on TikTok. And um, we release these podcasts every week. So, again, come back. And and if you you found us, listen to uh, all the reviews up to this point. Let us know what you thought by emailing us at call to pop. That's call to K at gmail.com. And we'll read your emails. And if we miss something, let us know. Uh, mm. We're not perfect. If you know, fill us in, let us know what we missed. And um, maybe we, uh, m- maybe the orange means something. Tell us what the orange means. Absolutely. We're all, we and all want to know about them. that orange. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, where, where you saw them. Um, oh, you know what? One thing I, I should have mentioned this. Sorry. I, this yeah. popped into my head too. Um, the song, the Billie Eilish song, uh, at the beginning of the show, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things in the, in the lyrics that are happening in the show. That's all. That's all I'll say. Ah, okay. Uh, so go re- check out those lyrics. It's not like it's a one-to-one ratio or anything, but I just thought that was interesting. And that's something that, um, Lopez mentioned that she was listening to a lot of Billie Eilish and she, when she was writing the show and she felt very influenced by it. And that's why she chose that song. Very cool. That's for super her. Cool. So, um, yep. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for this episode of the midnight film review. We will catch you on the flip side.